first, let me tell you about Rough Greens. You do things that are in your dog's best interest. Uh, you're not going to recognize Uno when you see him, Stu. He's slipped so fast this summer. Really? Oh, it's so sad. So sad. But he has eaten like he's <laughs> never eaten before. Um, we put uh, Rough Greens on his uh, food. Naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black uh, created this, and it has all the vitamins, minerals, probiotics, antioxidants, you name it. If it's healthy for your dog, it's probably in Rough Greens, and it has made all the difference in Uno's life. Um, and we have been happy to have him so active for so long. Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck, roughgreens.com slash Beck, or you can call 833-G-L-E-N-N-33, 833-GLEN-33. Rough Greens. a U.S. Capitol Police lieutenant who was at the Capitol on January 6th. You might remember him because he talked to Tucker Carlson months ago. He was suspended for wearing a MAGA hat on January 6th, but the reason why he wore that MAGA hat was to be able to help other police officers. Somebody gave him the MAGA hat, MAGA hat. he put it on his head so he could get through the crowd and they would let him through the crowd. It was a brilliant, brilliant move. Well, he was suspended for doing that, um, but he has quite the story to tell. He said that he was hoping that when he was on Tucker Carlson, that somebody would pick up the baton and actually be curious, and they would start investigating and find what he knew. He said now he regrets not saying everything because he was suspended anyway and nobody picked up. So he's going to fill in the blanks of the story. Tarek Johnson joins us in 60 seconds. Well, you knew ChatGPT was going to be used for cybercrime purposes eventually. I mean, I didn't think it would happen quite this fast, but it is gathering information now, generating phishing campaigns and spam creating malicious codes, all of these wonderful little ways in which cyber criminals steal what's yours. And the sheer beauty of it, they can do it so much faster and so many more things than they ever could before. Just another reason why you might need LifeLock. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft affect your lives. And it's equally as important to realize that there are measures you can take to help keep it from happening. And this is where having LifeLock by Norton installed can save you so much money and hassle. Nobody can prevent everything, but when you join LifeLock by Norton, you have the best weapon in your arsenal. So join now. Save up to 25% off your first year with the promo code BECK. Call 800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or head to LifeLock.com and use the promo code BECK. 
and save 25%. Tarek Johnson, welcome to the program, sir. How are you? Uh, Glenn, thank you for having me today. I appreciate it very much. You bet. I, um, I have a few things that uh, uh, I want to play that came from another uh, interview with Tucker Carlson. It came out last week. It is the former police chief. And I want to play this before we get into our, in, uh, in our interview here. Cut four. Turns out that she was given some type of a secret leave. So she could leave, start her job on February 1st as the chief of police uh, and not retire from the Capitol Police for months later. Oh, so she'd get the benefits. Yeah, think about that. Yeah. It appears to be against departmental policy, you know, and nobody allegedly was told. What you're saying is that the head of intelligence for the Capitol Police, which demonstrably didn't have the intelligence it needed to protect the building, that person was first elevated to acting chief of Capitol Police and then given a very high paying job right across from Nancy Pelosi's district at the University of California, Berkeley. That is correct. And I will say this. So that looks like a reward to me. Well, I do know that the unit had significant intelligence. And I know many people within the unit were pushing that intelligence up to the to the leadership of the unit. So I do, I do know that. Many of them became whistleblowers and many of them were punished and forced to resign. This looks like a scam. I mean, it's just, just saying. It, it just gets more convoluted. You know, I, I do. I feel so bad for the men and women in the police department, what they went through. I feel so bad for the intelligence analysts and what they went through. Many of them, you know, it was, it was really, really bad. I feel bad for the officials that were either demoted, forced to resign over this, um, uh, forced to retire early. Um, there's a lot of people that need someone. I think an outside entity um, uh, needs to come in and do some investigation. That's not good. And to build on this story, uh, Tarek joins us. So, so you spoke to uh, Hunter, and you said you didn't tell him everything. What didn't you say? Basically, what I did was um, I just gave some of the facts, and I was hoping that those facts would lead to a thorough investigation into Yogananda Pittman's actions before during and after january 6th and unfortunately that did not happen so you're talking about the same person that the police chief is talking about there absolutely and um and what exactly was her role she was in charge of intel and when i say she was in charge of intel she was in charge of the intelligence on january 6th and anybody that worked any intelligence division. She was in charge of it all. And her job was to get that information. And she was supposed to give that to, at the very least, two people. She was supposed to give that information to Stephen Sund. And she was supposed to give that information to Chad Thomas. He was the uh, former, he is a former assistant chief of the Capitol Police. And his role on the day was he was in charge of operations, which mm. would have been the bureau in charge of getting the officers ready for what they were going to face on January 6th. And she did not do that. So when we found out that the FBI knew about this, the Justice Department knew about this, uh, Nancy Pelosi knew about this in advance, it was, we can't necessarily blame the police for not knowing it because it would have only come through her? 
Now, um, if you let me walk you through, I'm sure. going to need a couple of minutes to walk yeah, yeah. You through this. Go ahead. Um, now, I've been trying to get the, um, I would say the entire country to see Yogananda Pittman's significance and what occurred on January 6th. And it's almost the same as um, the few people that were trying to explain to other people that the world was actually round in that flat. Mm. So this is what I'm trying to get the country to see that the world is round and not flat. Now, a lot of people, they, they want to focus on Nancy Pelosi, but you can talk about Nancy Pelosi. You can talk about Joe Biden. Neither one of those people could have occurred or could have made January 6th happen. The only way January 6th can happen, um, you would have to get the consent and permission from Yogananda Pittman. She is that pivotal. Now, let me explain to you why. Uh, and I'm going to do it. Um, I'm going to use an analogy uh, to make to break it down and make it a little bit more easy. Okay. Uh, if you want to follow me. Yeah, I am. Um, let me know whenever you're ready. I'm ready. I got a pencil ready to go. Okay. So let's say that you have um, a grocery store. And um, in that grocery store, you have three different heads that work in the grocery store. You have the, the, man, the overall manager. You have the um, you have the operations manager. This person would be in charge of like the grocery store employees, security around the grocery store, and you would have the loss prevention manager. Um, that person obviously would be in charge of you know any thefts that occurred um, of, of things that would be in the store. Okay. So let's say that um, I'm gonna give these people names. I'm just gonna just make names up randomly. Okay. Um, let's say the um, the loss prevention manager was, let's just say, Pittman. <laughs> um, let's say that the operations manager, um, let's give him the name of Thomas. And let's call the overall manager, um, let's call him, let me think of a good name. Let's call him Sund. Okay. <laughs> so now um, Sund is getting information. And there's information out there in the community that the store is going to be, is going to get robbed of all of the um, all of the Twinkies, all of the steaks, the lamb chops, everything. Somebody's going to come in there, and they're going to take all the lamb chops. So now you're going to go to the uh, loss prevention manager, and you're going to ask that manager, hey, what are you getting? And the loss prevention manager is saying, listen, I'm not getting anything, right? So now um, Sund, who is the store manager, he's, he has to go um, get uh, assistance from the local police department. So he goes to the police department. He says, hey, guys, uh, I need some, some assistance. I need some patrols. I have a security guy, the guy with the, the white car with the orange overhead over top of that who drives around the store at night. But I need more than that. I need police officers that are going to be doing around-the-clock uh, drive-bys by my store. And the police chief of the local department says, um, Mr. Sun, I understand what you want. He says, but... Um, what intelligence are you getting? He says, well, I'm getting this, this, and this. And, and the uh, police chief says, sir, I'm sorry, sir, the intelligence doesn't support it. So now let's say that the loss prevention person, that's the name I gave to Pittman, mm -hmm. has a report that says, well, um, there's going to be a guy coming to the store around 8 o'clock in the morning. He's going to be bringing four, um, four of those big giant trucks. Um, that they normally deliver food in. Um, they're going to break into the store with about 10 guys, and they're going to take all the food out. So um, now she has this report, but um, she either sits on this report or she downplays the report to the chief. So the chief, I'm sorry, to the store manager. So the store manager can't get 
the resources from the police department because the, the intelligence doesn't support it. That's what happened on January 6th. And to explain to you the significance of um, Yogananda Pittman. So let's say that for argument's sake, and I'm not saying that this is the case, but Pelosi wanted this to happen. Let's say Biden wanted this to happen. And they call Yogananda Pittman and they say, listen, um, I'm going to order you not to give Chief Sun any information related to January 6th. You're not going to give him any information uh, um, that would support the National Guard. You, you're going to downplay anything that's major because we need something to happen on January 6th. And I'm not saying either one of them did that. Yep, yep, yep. I'm just saying that I know I've heard in the atmosphere that uh, I hear Nancy Pelosi's name a lot. Um, but now um, I know the position of the Speaker of the House and the line of succession that she's in to the presidency. She's second in line. If something happens to the vice president and the president, she would then become president. So she's a very powerful person. But understand this, even though she, she's powerful in her own arena, Yogananda Pittman was the most powerful person in her own arena. So Pittman couldn't just call her and say, don't give any information to Chief Sun, because she could say, absolutely not. I want to give Chief Sun everything he needs and um, to, to do a good job and make sure that the Capitol is adequately prepared on January 6th. Nobody can make Yogananda Pittman not do that. So this is the now, this is what I haven't said, and I'm going to have to say it now. Now, because I just try to give the facts, but sometimes you have to, because, and then when you go off and you tell people what you think, then they try to call you a conspiracy theorist. But, right. um, but sometimes you have to tell people what you think and then let them make a decision if they believe it's valid or not. So um, obviously, it was, to me in my position, some, something or somebody made Yogananda Pittman feel that if she sat on or either downplayed the intelligence given to Chief Sun um, about January 6th and uh, something were to happen, Chief Sun would take full responsibility for it, which he would because he is the actual chief of police. And then mm -hmm. Yogananda Pittman would become the chief. That's what I believe would occur on January 6th. And if you look at the report, um, now, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's 21 uh, TD-159, and it basically um, laid, um, laid out what was going to occur on January 6th. And even if you could try to make the argument um, when you go back to the store, well, you could say um, the intelligence said it was going to be four trucks that, um, that the person brought when they broke in, and they were going to take everything. But this person only brought three trucks, and he took 70% of what was available right. in the store. So she's going to, you're going to try to um, downplay it to, to make it seem like you didn't have the intelligence when you actually did have the intelligence. So, um, so I say all that to say um, January 6th cannot happen without her permission. It cannot. It's impossible. She is the alpha and omega of what occurred on January 6th, and the world needs to know that. No one can stop Yogananda Pittman from sending Chief Sun the information he needed to get the support he needed from the National Guard. She can sit on it, she can downplay it, and that's what I believe she did on January 6th, at the very least, leading up to January 6th. And not that you're saying this um, at all, and nor am I, because I don't have any facts. I just have, I just have uh, uh, indications that she was rewarded with a job in Nancy Pelosi's district, a very high-level job. She became the police, the Capitol Police chief. It was her failure. She was promoted, and then she was allowed to uh, take this job 
while still getting benefits from Capitol Police, which is which is against the, the rules. Somebody had to make that happen. And it may have been Nancy Pelosi, but somebody made that uh, made that happen. So that looks very suspicious as well. Correct. Um, 100 percent. But let me even go back even before that. Let's go back before she left the department. Uh, well, she didn't le- really leave the department until June, but um, the but Manger told everybody, and that's um, um, Jay Thomas Manger, who was the current chief of the Capitol Police. He told everybody, I think it was, it was called a, um, we put out like upfronts. Um, and that's like basically an announcement to the department that, um, you know, any news. And the news that he gave was that she was leaving the department um, back in February. I think he put that out in November, but anyway, up 2022, but anyway, um, let's go back. So Yogananda Pittman was the chief on January the 8th. She was made acting chief on January the 8th after chief son was fired. And, um, she was the chief acting chief until I believe it was July 23rd. And then manger took over on uh, July 24th of 2021. So she was the acting chief for um, from that time, from January to July. So when uh, Manger takes over, the first thing, one of his first actions is uh, when he took over as the when he took over as the chief from Yogananda Pittman. Do you know what he did? No. Okay, he made he re, he put Yogananda Pittman back in charge of intelligence. Now, why yeah. do you do that? Why would he do something like that? He did it to send a message to any officer that was going to try to speak against Yogananda Pittman to let them know that even though she messed up, because everybody in the world knows she messed up, um, that it doesn't matter what she did. This is Yogananda Pittman. She's going to be in your boss again. So the people who in Intel who went and reported her, she became their boss again. So Holy what do you cow. think that, that the people that, that, that the whistleblowers are thinking when you put her back in charge of them? That's okay. why he did it. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let's pursue this some more. Give me 60 seconds and then we're we're back. One of our service members dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty. Uh, It's seeming it's seemingly all the time over and over. Who is there to help the family pick up the pieces when we have veterans who return home to this country only to end up homeless on the streets? Who's reaching out with a deserved helping hand to get them back on their feet? Who's helping our nation? Keep its sacred vow never to forget the horror of 9-11. The answer to all of these questions is the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Their in-the-line-of-duty programs include Gold Star, Fallen First Responders, Smart Home, and Homeless Veterans programs that help families on the road to recovery. Their never-forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance all across the United States. Over 95 cents of every dollar they raise goes to these programs because Tunnel to Towers keeps its word to honor our nation's greatest heroes and never forget. Would you help them? Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2 T.org. 10 seconds, station ID. talking to Tark Johnson. He is the former U.S. Capitol Police Lieutenant. Uh, he was uh, policing on January 6th. You might remember him. He was on with Tucker Carlson, uh, and he didn't say uh, what he just said. 
And why didn't you say that then, Tarek? I thought about it um, leading up to the days when I knew I would be um, taping for his show. Now, um, I had a, um, you know, I had feelings and I had, and I was in thoughts and I was thinking to myself and I went back and forth, went back and forth. Um, I don't want Tucker Carson to think I'm crazy. And if I tell him, you know, all the, the backstories about what occurred on January 6th, um, leading up to it on January 6th, after January 6th, I said that this man is going to think that I'm a conspiracy theorist. So I didn't want to, mm. you know, I didn't want to um, try to bury myself and bury the story before he aired it. Isn't it so weird, though, that I just gave him the facts, some of the, some of the facts. Isn't it weird, though, that you would be called a conspiracy theorist and probably on the side of Donald Trump when you voted for Joe Biden? Did you not? I did. Now, um, I did um, vote for Joe Biden. Um, now, um, I voted for Donald Trump, though, in, 20, um, tw- in 2016, uh, originally. And the only reason why I did not vote for Donald Trump in 2020 was because, like, the way I am, I am a person, uh, I, I believe, like, the unity in our country is a huge deal to me. Yeah. Um, like, it means, like, um, more like my, my politics lean right, no question. Um, absolutely lean right. Um, but I just want unity. That was it. And I didn't know if Donald Trump could do it in 2020. That was the only reason why I didn't vote for him in 2020. You don't have to just, um, you don't I, have to justify know. it. Um, I, no, 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 I, I'm just, I'm yeah. just saying. Um, I just wanted it out there because I know a lot of people question me, you know, um, and I don't know if Biden can create unity in our country, but I yeah. figured maybe he has the best shot. So that's why, but, but getting back to what you said, yes. Um, you know, and, and not based on the conspiracy there is based on my, um, knowledge based and I, on my, who I voted for, I thought he was going to think I was con- a conspiracy theorist because of what I was saying. Because what I was saying was, um, it's a conspiracy. On <laughs> okay, so hang on just a sec. I've got to take another break. Let me let me come back because I want to know how you know this stuff. Uh, and uh, are we are we going to be able to prove any of this? How can we prove this? What should be done next? The Glenn Beck Program. Sam lives in Colorado, and a while back he had uh, surgery to repair some damage that had left him with severe pain in his legs. Unfortunately, Sam already takes relief factor for his aches and pains. Surgery was a success. These days, Sam takes relief factor as maintenance against pain. Here's a funny thing. Sam's 73. He does long-distance trekking, snowshoeing, and hunting, all with heavy backpacks. Sam, what is wrong with you? Seriously. Somebody invited me up to say, Glenn, when you come back up to the mountains, let's go snowshoeing. And I said, you listen to me every day. And he said, yeah. And I said, I don't want to go snowshoeing. He said, no, no, no. We, we pack up and then we, we dig kind of like a snow. It's like a snow grave and we sleep in it. And then the wind goes right over the top of you. So you don't feel it. And I said, none of that sounds good. None of that sounds good. Anyway, Sam's out of pain. He can do all his outdoorsy stuff. I got a friend you should call, Sam. Get the three-week quick start now at uh, relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. 800-4-RELIEF. Relieffactor.com. Available in bookstores everywhere, Dark Future by Glenn Beck, his latest book. It's available also at glennsnewbook.com.
Tark Johnson joins us. He is former U.S. Capitol Police Lieutenant. And let me just recap where we were if you're just coming in. He gave an analogy of a grocery store. What happened on January 6th is like a grocery store. Uh, you have two people. You have the chief of intelligence. And you have the, the head of the store, okay? And the store manager runs all of the operations and everything, but you have this theft pres- prevention person that is in charge of anything that goes down and is looking for intelligence all the time on somebody's going to come in, steal, you know, you got a gang coming in, and their job is to know what's happening security-wise, and they get briefings all the time. So the store manager is starting to hear that, uh, where I, I hear rumblings that something is coming. And goes to the security, the theft manager, the theft management person, and says, are you, are you hearing this? Because this is what I'm hearing. And they say no. Even though they have heard that and have good intelligence on it, they for some reason say no. Then the, the head of the store or the chief of police then goes and reaches out for help. So the store manager goes out to the police and said, hey, we're going to need help. Uh, I, I'd like some people to parole, uh, patrol the area and watch over the store um, because something is coming. The police chief then says, well, what does your theft pre- prevention person say? Well, she said there wasn't anything. The chief of, or the chief of police then reaches out to her and says, do you have anything on this? No, no, I don't. Even though she does. No, I don't. The store manager is left going, okay, well, I must be wrong and I can't get any help. So I'll just sit here and he does nothing. But it is the theft prevention person that knew that something was happening and sat on it for some unknown reason. Now, that reason could be, I don't know, she hates the store or she is in with the burglars, or she has some other reason that we don't know, but we know she sat on the information. That's what happened on January 6th. Tariq, the name of the woman who was the theft prevention in this scenario is uh, Pittman, right? Yes. And the other piece of the information is, un, you know, not connected to this, we don't have evidence not connected to this. As soon as it happens, the store manager, he's fired and blamed. And the theft manager person is moved in to his job. Yes. And she also fires the operations manager, too, because that operations manager would have been her direct competition to get in the chief's job or the the manager's job. So she fires him, too. So everybody who was working at the store theft management with this individual, um, they start blowing the whistle and they say, hey, 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 there's there's a problem here. She had the information and those people are whistleblowers. And then when the new guy comes into town, she goes back to the theft prevention and clears out all of that stuff. Correct. Correct. That's bad. Very, very bad. It's horrible. Um, and um, like you said before, you, before we went to break, you said, um, what can we do? Well, I want to um, know first, how do you know this? 
I have um, a lot of people um, that are uh, that I'm still connected to within the Capitol Police and outside the Capitol Police, and they call me and they give me information with regularity. So I have a ton of information. This is the thing, though, Glenn. Um, we don't have they're not we don't have any proper whistleblower uh, protection. So people can't really come out and speak because if they do, they will get destroyed. Well, wait a minute. How come you can't, uh, you know, reach out to somebody like Jim Jordan at the Capitol, you know, at the Capitol? Do you not trust the Republican at least leadership or those who are looking at the weaponization of government? I think it's hard to put that on them to investigate um, um, something to uh, something like this. But I guess the easy answer for me to say is I don't know. And I'll tell you that when I say I don't know, I've been um, I reached out because I was a whistleblower. So uh, on January the 9th, I called Senator Patrick Leahy of Vermont. And that's somebody and that him. you you knew you worked with him, right? Yes, I did. So uh, because like. Like, I'm a longtime Capitol Police official. At that time, I was. So I knew never to call the IG. So Why? Uh, was, Why? Why? Because the IG is going to go back and tell the chief everything. So you can't go Jeez. try to tell on somebody, um, and then they're going to go tell on you that you tried to tell on him. That's what, that's, what telling the, that's what calling the IG would have done. So I knew never to call the IG. I was told that multiple times. Uh, I was told... Um, a lot of other places not to go, but nobody can really tell me who you go to. So I just rolled the dice and took it on my own, and I called the senator. Now, I'm not blaming Senator Leahy for anything. All I know is that I called him. I told him that Pittman did all this because I believe in full, and I believe it can easily be proven that Pittman did this to our country almost in whole, primarily. And we can prove it, but we have to do a real investigation. And to do that... You have to find some kind of a way to protect the whistleblowers. Okay. Um, I have a couple of people in Washington that I trust. Would you be willing to talk to them if I line it up for you? Yes. Okay. 100%. Okay. Um, there's very few people I trust in Washington, but I know a couple that I think would uh, be willing to... Um, at least help you find the right trustworthy person to go to if it is not them. So you, you did all the right things and then you were suspended and uh, then you were, you were suspended for 17 months and then you came back, right? And yeah. you had four days of retraining. So Correct. what happened? So um, I knew I wasn't going to come back. All I wanted to do was process back in. So um, and then the way that it works on the Capitol Police, they gave me one, one of my punishments was a 15 day unpaid suspension. So when they told me to come back, I was on paid suspension the 17 months that I was out. So now I wanted I didn't want to come back at all, but I wanted to process back in, fulfill my 15 days um, of unpaid um, suspension, so they can't say I I didn't leave in good standing because had I left before serving the suspension, wow. they would have said I didn't leave in good standing, and they wouldn't award me my good standing card and letter because you have to get your good standing card and letter 
and it makes it easier to transverse to a new federal agency or another law enforcement agency. And I got that. So but do you think, hang on just a second. I know you have another job and, and I don't want to talk about where you are. I don't want any more trouble, but for you, um, but uh, it, did you really think you could get back into law enforcement with the federal government? I can. Um, with absolute certainty, it'll be easy for me because I got my good standing card and letter. The reason why I did not is because I didn't want a, a job like those jobs. Um, if I get a job um, that's um, befitting of my skills and abilities, those are high paying jobs and they require a lot of work. And I did not want to not be able to focus on January 6th stuff. Like wow. um, this is a moral thing for me. Like I am morally invested into this. People are in jail. Um, some probably shouldn't even be, or at the very least, they have more charges and more years attributed to them that they wouldn't have if the facts of what really occurred on January 6th came out. So, no. Okay, so, all right. So, so we've only talked about um, Pittman, okay? She's the security intel person. And you claim that she knew about it, and we could prove it with an investigation. She knew about it. Uh, and then for some reason sat quietly. Do you yeah, have any, also, uh, do you have any idea of why she would do that? That is um, because I believe that someone or something or something gave her the impression that if chief son was fired for doing a bad job because things got out of hand on January 6th, she would then become the new chief. It was basically a coup of the department. She tried to initiate a coup of the department. Is basically what occurred uh, in the. Um, and but who would tell her? In- who, wait, who would tell her? I mean, you know, most Americans would say, "Well, no, I, I mean, I want to protect the Capitol." And then you could see those who are greedy enough that they want their job, and so they'll let bad things happen. But who would tell her that? Hey, we're going to make this happen for you. Just turn the other way. I would say probably someone that hated Donald Trump. And what kind of uh, what kind of information do you think she had that there was going to be a planned attack on the Capitol that FBI sources were saying? Yeah, um, she had the report that it was a planned attack of the Capitol and what they were going to do. It's called 21 TD 159 and she would not give it to son. She had the report. And, um, like, there are names that you guys um, know. Like, you guys know who Ray Epps is. Yes. But you don't know who Judy Farnham is. Who? You know who Mike wait, wait, wait. is. Mike- who, who? We didn't know who what was? Who was the first name? Julie Farnham. Who is Julie Farnham? Um, I'm, you know, and I said, like, the, I mean, like, everybody knows who Ray Epps is, but Julie Farnham is, she was a civilian, uh, and she was one of the high-ranking people in the intel section. So you, you don't know who she is, but you know who... Ray Epps is. So people don't know to um, where to look to really find out what occurred on January 6th in the intelligence, because if January 6th was truly an intelligence failure, the first place you have to go is to the intelligence division and look at every single person in the intelligence division. And that did not happen. Because everybody should know who Pittman is. Everybody should know who Julie Farnham is. And who is Julie Farnham? She was the civilian, and she was one of the civilians, one of the high-ranking civilians in charge of getting that information and disseminating that information to Pittman. 
And she was hired, from what I'm hearing, with very little to no which, which, and experience. In law enforcement, I'm hearing she had no experience. And then when it came to Intel, she only had like three years of experience. And she was hired by Pittman. Huh. Okay. All right. Um, so is it, is it possible this is just incompetence? Anything's possible, but um, when, so now it, even if it is incompetence, um, whether it was a competence, whether it was on purpose, how are we going to know if we don't investigate it? True. Okay. We have to investigate. Okay. We need to know who these people are and exactly what they did. All right, Tarek, I, I want to uh, continue uh, the conversation with our producers and our investigators. Um, and I also am going to reach out to a couple of people that may be able to help you uh, at least find the right person that you can, you and the whistleblowers can actually uh, show the evidence of these things and feel as safe as anyone could possibly feel now in Washington. Yeah. And I do, I would like to say this, I'm not targeting any member of Congress. I'm not putting fault or blame on any members of Congress, but if you watch the last, um, one of the last con- congressional hearings with Manger, I think it was July 26th. And one of the congressmen was trying to get, um, I guess, chief, Manger to basically um, lift the NDA and uh, and Chief Manger, or at the very least, uh, one of the other things he wanted to know, he, they wanted to see Yogananda Pittman's agreement, and 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 Manger said no. So obviously, Congress is not powerful enough to get Manger to do what needs to be done to affect a real investigation. All right. Um... Tarek, thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate the fact that you are kept awake at night, and this is a moral cause for you. Thank you so much. Uh, Back in just a minute. You do not need to be buying meat from the grocery store. Full stop. Not only are you frequently not getting meat that is raised and processed here in America, even when the package says you are, but you're also subject to the whims of inflation. Meat prices, have you watched them over the last couple of years? With good ranchers, you can lock in your prices against inflation. This is so important. I'm telling you, inflation is, we're coming for an inflation depression. Uh, and it is coming, and it's coming all over the world. You can eat well, feed your family, and lock in the price for up to two years. Head on over to GoodRanchers.com. Can you imagine paying the same price you were paying two years ago for meat? Use the promo code BECK, lock in uh, $30 off of any box at Good Ranchers, and lock in the price locally sourced meat you're putting on the grill and on your plate. It's GoodRanchers.com. Use the promo code BECK. GoodRanchers.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. pretty interesting interview i mean you to hear someone who's in the middle of that talking about yeah all of the behind the scenes i mean he's it's interesting to hear him talk because he's obviously a guy who knows a lot about this these internal machinations and and you know obviously as an outsider i don't understand all of that stuff but you can tell 
he's th- put a lot of thought into this, and yeah, he's, he's he, every, whole life change. It's, it's whole life change, and you know, he's as he mentioned, avoiding highly paid jobs so right. just so he can deal with this stuff. And I think he found out some things. At least this is what he believes um, that he found out some things that uh, have destroyed his vision of America and fairness and honesty yeah. and integrity and all the things the police are supposed to be for. So what's the argument here? Is, is it, is it that there's just more to meet the more charge meets the eye? What's the charge? The what's charge the accusation? is that the, uh, that Pittman, the Intel chief had this information uh, and for political purposes or for her own benefit, someone said, hold off on that information. Don't share that information allow this to happen so it's not a charge Mm. that this was all a hoax but the charge i think he's making is that she benefited directly from not sharing the information so who told her don't share the information let this happen that's quite a charge and should be investigated